on the wrestling podcast about nothing. Brian Fury is back from the most magical place on earth, Disney World. And with that, we are sharing our thoughts on the most magical moments in pro wrestling history. Sure is cold here. Is it? 60 degree difference from when I got on the plane to when I got off of it. Well, get your hat. And, uh... It's warm where I am, guys. <laughs> Sunny Orlando. Wait, you're gone? I'm gone, baby. You're gone. Plus, coming up here, promo about nothing and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there. But there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 186, the production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast. Currently on an exterior hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars. Now he's a contracted Ring of Honor wrestler. He is Mr. Inside Edition. He is one half of the bouncers. It's Brian number one, the brawler Brian Malonis. How many how many months till free agency, Mike? Have you been counting down? Till oh, your free agency? Yeah, you've been counting down for a while. It's been a, it's a, about a month and a half, right? I think you started this like in June. Yes. <laughs> The campaign to get a new uh, contract for Brian, where it may be. Maybe you can call me the Kingpin. Maybe. Put, make that <laughs> I a stipulation. I changed my, I changed my Instagram. You did? Again. Yeah, changed it yesterday. You did? Uh, I did, yeah. It's, uh, it's Brian Malone's KP now. Uh-oh. Well, there's no uh-oh. What does that mean? No, nothing. Because it used to be Brian Malone's ROH, that right? It doesn't mean anything. Uh, yeah, I mean, ROH is the place I work, not, not necessarily me as the brand brian malonis hmm well we'll talk about this a little more later because there's jo- nothing to talk about oh it's just a, we talked about it i changed my instagram it's very curious don't you think this other guy joining us he's the owner operator head trainer of the new england Wrestling academy the owner operator promoter booker of chaotic wrestling permanent host of the wrestling podcast about nothing brian number two the firebrand brian fury is this a little curious to you why am i number two i understand he was here first but i was here on this earth first god damn it well, you're the, the second Brian to fine. be on the show here. That's fine. I mean, one of us is still active in the wrestling business. True. And, in ring. And then you're in there, ring. too. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, will you stop? So what do you think about this? Brian Malone's KP now on Instagram, right? I think you're reading too much into social media there, Crockett. Too, too, many, uh, too many Dave Meltzer articles you've heard. Yeah, that's, that's all you do in wrestling these days. This podcast and Dave Meltzer. That's the big thing on Twitter. When you see someone change their Twitter handle or... I, d- I did change, like, my... Not my it's still at Brian Malonis. It's always been at Brian Malonis, but <laughs> I did change it back to Brian Malonis on Twitter. Ooh. Yeah, see, now, now, now you're with me, right, goodness. Brian Fury? <laughs> this, I mean, this would be like if, this, if, if Mike was a dirt sheet writer, this would be a three-paragraph <laughs> article about that uh, confirmed Brian Malonis is, is signed with somebody. With who? <laughs> That's the question. I don't know. You'd make it up, I'm sure. Okay. Well, no one can talk to you until after your contract is expired, right? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen that contract. I'm not comfortable asking answering oh, these questions okay. in a public forum. All right, let's move like on. I'm then. a businessman. I do my negotiating behind closed doors. What are you trying to do to the guy? For Christ's sakes, I'm trying to get me fired. <laughs> Help him catch a break, not bury him. Well, Brian Fury, welcome back. Oh, thanks for having me back. Hold on, can I stop for one second? What's that? Turn your head, Mike. 
That bald spot is like I hadn't seen the back of your head. I oh, think yeah. in a very long time. It's because he's grown his hair out. I oh think. my god! With it it's growing like, out like this, you can really see it's it. It's all done. It's all <laughs> it done. Is all, it is all done. <laughs> Did you fall out of a car or something? What skid in the back of your head? <laughs> You're like, uh, it's like it's, I feel like I'm George Costanza breaking down uh, Elaine's boyfriend who has yes. shaved his head. <laughs> Mike, mm. Mike's just gonna. How, how much time do I have? Six months, maybe less. <laughs> I was saying he looks Mike, like. I want you to live. Yeah, he looks like uh, Joe Pesci in Home Alone Two when his hat caught on fire and he did the head, <laughs> the complete headstand, and went down into the toilet to get it off, and you saw his head. All yeah. right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I, I don't shave it or as often as I should. You're on a daily yeah. or daily, every other daily, 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 daily or, or every other day. Yeah, Brian's on a daily. <laughs> he is. So Disney World, greatest, most magical place on earth. I'm, I'm so. Jealous of Brian going down there and being down there. I'm looking at the Magic Kingdom right now, guys. Uh, it's Monday it's morning. I'm sitting here at Disney World. It's the best. <laughs> uh, I, I, for the first time ever, I got to. See- wait, 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 wait a second. Okay, so I know, I know people like Disney World. Some people don't. This is a wrestling podcast. I'm going to give you two minutes, <laughs> the two Brians, to discuss Disney World among yourselves. I will time you, and those listening, if you don't want to hear about Disney World, you can just tap the 15-second advance, uh, what would it be, one, two, three, eight times, and you'll skip this two-minute interview. Who doesn't want to hear about Disney World? About Disney World. Uh, so miserable people like Michael Crockett. This is all the, pe- this is the pe- he's the people on, uh, on Twitter, Yeah. Much like, much like our good friend Julian Starr's uh, lady, who I called out. Everybody just like, oh, am I the only one who doesn't care about Disney Plus? I don't care about Disney Plus. Why is everybody talking about Disney Plus? Like, would you prefer political commentary and burying <laughs> wrestling? That's a much that makes social oh, yeah. media much better. Yeah. Everybody's happy because they get to relive their childhood memories of watching all this fantastic Disney content. And your response is negativity because I don't know, discussing the merits of Donald Trump versus Bernie Sanders <laughs> over again. Like that's that's what we should be doing on social media instead. People are angry about everything. I'm one of those evil childless millennials going down to Disney World and enjoying myself without any kids. Anybody who says Disney World is for kids is wrong. Hundred percent. You know why it's not for kids? Kids don't have any freaking money. It's built around the guise that it's for children, but it's designed to get adults there who have money. All right, I'm going to dock you 10 seconds for that. So we're at 1 minute 50 seconds to talk about your Disney trip, Brian Fury. Can we get it back for you cutting into our time? Yes. Okay, go. It was the first time I got to see the turnover from Halloween into Christmas. I'd never seen the Christmas stuff, and man, it was it was awesome. You've been down there for both, I assume. I've been down there for both, but never for the for the switchover. I think that would like I think that would totally mess with my mind, like it being Halloween one day and Christmas the next. It l- literally the way that it was. I, I wish I would get there a little earlier so I could see a couple days of Halloween and more Christmas. But one of the days we're at Magic Kingdom, uh, first day after Halloween, and we just walked out, and all of a sudden the castle was lit up, and it was just it was amazing. What a fantastic magical place it is it's fantastic i can't wait till this miserable fellow here breaks down takes his family there and just sees and, and falls in love with uh all the majesty oh, i guarantee his wife wants to go i guarantee it and he's just fighting with all of his will but you know he's, he's got a soft spot for his son i think and he's gonna end up having to go down he will he will he will love it you will love it she will love it 
And if you don't, well, we'll cut you right out of this podcast. I can't wait. You're going to be a changed man, Crockett, when you finally go to Disney World. Not Disneyland like you've been for a day, like half a day, whatever you did at Disneyland. A full couple days down at Disney World, experience all the parks, all the magic. Star Wars Land was so awesome. Can't wait. It was amazing. I got the benefit of the one of the last days of the extra, extra magic hours. Up bright and early in that park at 6 a.m. over in Batu, checking it all out. Saw the sun rise. I saw the sunset because I was there at like 9 at night still. Amazing. Oh, you literally saw the sun rise in like a fictitious land that you've loved the movies of since you were a child. Wow, that sounds horrible. I know. Ugh. Sounds Ugh. terrible. Okay. Oh my god, that it, just sounds so miserable. Like, it was so awesome. Uh, we were into the cantina that night. Uh, it was it was a great time. It was really really awesome. Mike, have you ever been a kid and dreamed about like time? Watching the movie and, time? No, no, no. You cut. You cut time. into us. Well, we'll t- we'll take this up on our our spinoff podcast, the DPAN, the Disney podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I wanted to say Julian Starr said he didn't know what Disney Plus was when it came out. Call him bullshit, right there. Call shenanigans. He was saying it in our group chat. Yeah, he was like, "What's the plus about Disney Plus?" He had no idea. What a clueless buffoon. <laughs> I, li- I like the people like something popular comes along, whether it's Disney or not. Like. What? I don't even know what that is. What are you even talking about? What's this? Disney Plus? Is that what it's called? That's Julian Star for you. Just searching around on the Disney Plus homepage was like fantastic to see the amount of stuff that they have on there that is just... Can't wait to delve into some of the classics. I'm sure the Mike's favorite, Old Yeller, the last part of the movie <laughs> is his favorite part. <laughs> so you were down there on Orlando, Brian Fury. Did you visit any pals while you were down there? I did. I did. The last day there, I visited. went and visited Tommaso. I went and visited Dijak. I was going to visit uh, our good pal, uh, Handsome Johnny, but he was away in jolly old England, overseas somewhere. Pip-pip cheerio. Yeah. Oh, he visited the Duke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I he was. If, I wonder if the Duke gave him a place to stay. <laughs> Well, he, the Duke isn't from London, right? He's just from overseas. Well, that's where he is. He's overseas. Oh, okay. So the entire area is his. Yeah, he might have. I mean, I, I'm sure. I mean, they're old friends. I'm sure they, that he made a point to see him. I would think so. I would think so. <laughs> yeah, so I visited some pals on my last day there. I saw some pals at the parks. Ran into Sean Burke while I was at the park. Ran into Mike Bennett and uh, Maria Canellis while I was at the park. So it was, a, it was a good time. Wow. Things are going on down there. It's the place to be. Greatest Say, place. So, what do they call it? It's the uh, it's the uh, place to place be. to be. Place <laughs> to be. Then I will. Then I shall be there. <laughs> Maybe like me and the 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 family will get down there at some point. Look, you should. Max is free up until the time he's what three? Is that what it is? Yes, because they take don't it, really know take what advantage. They, to, they won't remember, but you will. That's the point. The pictures and stuff that you'll get, the magical moments that you'll experience. Highly recommend it, Michael. Highly recommend it. Stop being a miserable prick. Go he down is. and enjoy yourself. He is a lovely boy. <laughs> he is. I, I don't know. I've only met him once. The picture, <laughs> picture of him in his uh, winter coat and the hood all up on him. He looked very, very him and, nice. Uh, him, him and my son uh, had like an eating contest at uh, Fire and Ice. <laughs> who I'm won? not sure who won. Yeah, I know. <laughs> couple of, those of you big boys. A <laughs> couple of healthy kids. Um, they ate a lot, but I think uh, Mike Crockett ate the most that day, if I remember correctly. <laughs> happens. It happens. <laughs> uh, speaking of eating healthy, if you want to... Help feed the Malonis family. Go to BrianMalonis.com, right? Yeah, some great t-shirts up there, Mike. Uh, no, the beer t-shirt no longer up there. That's in the ROH Pro Shop in three different colors. But uh, you can get the uh, 
<laughs> Bears that care drinking shirt. I, I don't know what we're calling it at this point. Yes. But, uh, Trying to avoid a, a goddamn a, yes. Care Bears with beer on their stomach. Go buy it. It's a cool shirt. It's a cool shirt. And it's approved by uh, Kizarni. Yes. One time SmackDown star. Um, by that, I mean literally. Former on adversary, one time. Now, now friend of mine. He's now a friend of yours. Yes. Good pal. Long time, close personal friend. Long time. First time, long time? Yes. Okay. Well, uh, also, you can go to the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com, our hub, our home base, the official website of the wrestling podcast about nothing. You can find the ways to subscribe there to the podcast, all the various podcast platforms. Also, there are the social media links. We are basically at the WPAN on all social media platforms. And uh, the bios, Brian Fury, where's our bio? I sent it snail mail. I haven't reached you yet. No, what we I transcribe it? Yeah, it's not in Braille. It's a piece of loose leaf paper. <laughs> yes, I uh, wrote it on some old parchment with a <laughs> feather pen quill. Well, well it goes well yes. with your computer, so <laughs> it does go with my computer. I printed it out on that old school paper with the dots on both sides. I <laughs> tear it off. You ever see, you ever see the uh, the old pictures of like uh, the computers that had like the reels on them and they're like eight yeah. feet tall? That's what Mike has. Those uh, <laughs> old computers from War Games. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> Brian Fury's bio coming soon to the WPAN.com. There are also photos there of all of us and uh, so much more there on the website the official website of the wrestling podcast but nothing you can listen to this podcast right there on the site the wpan.com all right gentlemen so in the spirit of the disney whole thing whatever that is it being the most magical place on earth they say what happened to the happiest place that's disneyland, that's disneyland. oh disneyland's the happiest place yes. yeah hmm I know you're trying to get off the Disney stuff real quick, but nothing makes me more irrationally angry oh boy. than when I say, I'm going to Disney World, and they go, oh, are you going to the one in California or the one in Florida? Ugh. <laughs> Uncultured swine. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, people. Get a clue. Disneyland is in California. Disney World is in Florida. What Euro Disney. What? Euro you know, why, why don't you see yourself out? <laughs> leave, the, leave the podcast and quit. Put down the microphone and just get out. <laughs> All right. We'll handle it from here. The most magical moments in professional wrestling. That magic moment. I like that. Yeah. So they don't happen every day. No. Moments in wrestling that really make you feel something. What would you say? Uh, what ingredients go into a magic moment in wrestling, Brian Malonis? I think mean, maybe something like unexpected. You know, something that, that uh, I mean, wrestling at times, like if you've watched it enough, just like with any form of entertainment, there's stories follow certain arcs. But when something unexpected happens, that's what makes it great. Now, is there any time that you can remember for yourself that you were a part of a magic moment in wrestling, whether in the ring or out of the ring? Boy, that's a, I mean... I gotta say, Malonis and Lager in the middle of Madison Square Garden for seventeen thousand people. I sold it out, Mike. I mean, that's you a magic did. moment. <laughs> <laughs> a, I would say that qualifies. I, you know, I, maybe it, maybe it's because uh, because it's a it's a good buddy. But uh, I, I will say, when when Taven won the world title at, at Madison Square Garden, I got I literally had chills. Like, and I don't know if that's just because we're buddies or whatever, but. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Now, Brian Fury, yeah. what do you think goes into a magic moment in pro wrestling? Uh, sometimes, you know, almost the complete opposite of what Malone said. It's, it's uh, something that is built to over a long period of time that it was finally some sort of a uh, payoff. Now, is there anything that you've been a part of that you can think of that's that been, a been magic moment been for a you? Part of like 
involve me directly. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, finally winning the Chaotic Wrestling Heavyweight title at uh, Cold Fury 11. Was against, that with against Mikazi? I was gonna say that that might have been mine. Yeah, just the oh, the for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> just sit over there, Brian Malonis. Two guys who are part of a magic moment are talking Jesus here. Christ. <laughs> Give me a break. So no, just the 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 crowd. I don't think. I mean, I don't think in Woburn. I don't think I, I ever felt like anything magical but definitely the pav the polish american veterans club in lowell where the fans are right on top of you especially at a cold fury where there's you know 300 sweaty people jammed into that place crammed into that place yeah uh, d- yeah and just the the back and forth uh between you and Mikazi, i i think that to me that was pretty magical Bro, you can pull up your pants now. <laughs> Come on now. Wow. Come on wow. now. All right. So let's. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't a great moment. I'm just. He asked for our, you know, individual uh-huh. magic moments, and his individual magic moment was you. <laughs> it was mine. Yeah. Well, so. I have to be. I'm not going to have a magic moment on my own. Someone else has to be in the ring with me, Brian Malonis. <laughs> it just happened to be this guy right <laughs> oh, it's here. Happened. Coincidence. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. So magic moments uh, beyond the three of us here, or, and me and Brian Fury especially, Brian Malonis, a magic moment. Uh, it's not a WrestleMania moment. Is that, is that because a WrestleMania moment is a registered trademark of World Wrestling Entertainment? Exactly. And we, we'll get sued. <laughs> and you also yelled at us before the podcast saying, try not to say too many WrestleMania uh, occurrences. <laughs> right, because we've kind of done that podcast already. So what would you say, Brian Malonis, if you were to... Pluck something out of wrestling history that was pure magic to you as a fan watching. Yeah, I'll, I'll pick one, and, and it's a really cool, magical moment. And I know it actually helped propel a very successful wrestling career of, of a friend we've already talked about on this podcast. Oh, I know where you're going. This right? was, was one of the first ones on my list. <laughs> Monday, Monday Night Raw, the not yet one, two, three kid beating Razor Ramon. Oh, I, that was a, a very magical moment, and helped inspire one handsome Johnny Warbeard Hanson Hanson Ivar to uh, want to pursue a career in pro wrestling. Yeah, very early days of Monday Night Raw, Manhattan Center, 1993, I believe. Oh, th- oh yeah, I think it's 93. Yeah, that was magic, and it's kind of just grown in the lore of pro wrestling since then, especially guys like Todd who have uh, watched that, and yeah, it made him want to be a wrestler so i would say that's a hell of a magic moment brian fury you thought you knew he was gonna say i thought but i i was incorrect i was incorrect what were you thinking he was uh, gonna the say? magic moment that i'm gonna say that inspired our wrestler that we both know and we talked about earlier on this um the moment we're in worcester massachusetts yeah mick foley finally won the wwf heavyweight championship They'll put butts in seats. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that was the moment that uh, actually Mike Bennett said that really inspired him to want to be a wrestler. He was in the house that night. and uh, So I thought he was going that route. I'm glad he didn't. I mean, that one is just... Were you in the house for that, Mike? No, no? I was not. No, oh. I was not. That one, uh, yeah, of course, that one has become a, a famous story because of, as I alluded to, Tony Schiavone's call on Nitro where they gave it away. One of, my, one of my favorite memes. I have it on my phone at all times ready to go when somebody brings up a stinker of an idea that I get. And uh, I, I love sharing that quite often. <laughs> You've shared it on this podcast quite a number of times as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Mick Foley, of course, uh, 
the emotional, I remember the emotional call after the fact by Michael Cole. I think Jim Ross was dealing with the uh, bout of Bell's palsy at the time, so Cole was the lead guy. That was probably his first shining moment as an announcer, saying the whole thing about, you know, this is for everybody who said, you know, you can't do it and all that stuff. And then Mick Foley does the uh, speech afterwards, yo, Adrian, the whole thing. Yeah. It was really... Uh, the evolution of the Mankind character from the time he debuted till the whole uh, Three Faces of Foley stuff, really, I mean, the story was all there. So that kind of goes with what you were saying, Brian Fury, where there's a build and then it leads to this, you know, mm-hmm. this big moment. And that was, yeah, one of the biggest of the Monday Night Wars, I would say. I love the story from his book where he talks about, because it was a taped Raw, where he had sat down to watch it with his family the following week and he had hid the championship from his kids and watched it with the kids, like with them not knowing what the result was going to be and then busted the title out. I thought that was a really cool story from his, from his book. That's what you're going to (laughs) do. Am I winning titles? (laughs) Maybe who knows, right? And who knows with what promotion and he's notorious for not uh, giving spoilers to the uh, TV tapings and stuff too. (laughs) (laughs) His family wouldn't even know. That's true. Uh, So, Okay, let me pick one up from my list here. Uh, magical moments in pro wrestling. Hundred bucks is a WrestleMania. <laughs> no, it I, isn't. I have a bunch of WrestleMania moments in my head, but yeah, so I'm gonna say, I mean, someone else who there's a connection to here. Um, we are, of course, in the New England Pro Wrestling Academy again to record this podcast. Someone who walked in the doors here and went on to. Uh, a very prominent spot in pro wrestling, and it was all basically this match helped launch an entire division, an entire revolution. Uh, Bailey versus Sasha Banks from NXT TakeOver Brooklyn in 2015. That was magical, Brian Fury. That match is one of the best female matches I've ever seen. One of the best matches ever. It's a... It's an amazing match. Still to this day, holds up. It's a fantastic match. You know, you, you think Kevin Owens and what, Finn Balor in a ladder match after that, right? Is that who it was? I think so. Even those two guys at that level in a ladder match couldn't match that match. That match was just awesome. And something that kind of helps with these magic moments, too, to me, is an element, back to what you were saying, Brian Malone, something you didn't expect. That reverse Hurricane Rana off the top rope where it looks like <laughs> Sasha like got hurt. Died. <laughs> yes, it looks like she died. <laughs> like that that little moment I think helped propel this to be truly magical because you're like, holy shit, and then the the follow up and the belly to Bailey and the one, two, three, but uh overall that he whole al- He almost got it right. <laughs> belly to belly, not I think they've said both. No, uh, no, no, they no, 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 they no. Yeah, you got it wrong. Just own it. That's all the same. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, and then all, and then of course after that match, the uh, rest of the four horsewomen came out, uh, and there were embraces. They were posing. It really just uh, really took the women's division to a whole different level, right, Malonis? Yeah, I mean, I think you guys captured it perfectly. But yeah, I think I think that when you think back to where we've gotten with women's wrestling now, I I, I don't know that. Without that match, you get to the point of women main eventing a, a WrestleMania. So I think that's uh, pretty cool. Uh, side note, Bubba Ray Dudley was blown away that uh, I helped train Sasha Banks. Just quick aside, you know, side story. <laughs> wow. Side stories are good, right? There you Personal. Go. There you go. Peel the curtain back stories are yeah. good, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So I, don't, I don't see fla- why flabbergasted about it. <laughs> I don't see why it's so amazing. I mean, is that because, because I, I think because I'm new there, they, like some people think like you know I didn't exist in pro wrestling before I got there. Is that because they haven't really trained anybody? Uh, hmm, um, <laughs> Brian Malonis, <laughs> magical moments. <laughs> All right, what, what do I want to go with here? Like, I mean, I've been to the 90s, but I'll go with something more current. And it's, I guess I guess we could put this as a, as a plural. So I guess I'm cheating a little bit here, Mike. But the entire, like, buildup of, like, the yes movement. Like, there were, I mean, there were so many along the way, fans hijacking segments and, and the him sitting on top of the cage on Raw with, with their... Oh, with, uh, that was in Providence, right? I believe so. When they, he, left, you know. when he left the Wyatt family. Yes, boy. Um, the fans, you know, you know, storming the ring. That that scene. There were just so many moments along the way, and it was it, it was so organic and and one of those uh, one of those things. Like even as a fan, like I just I, it was so memorable and just like a couple times, uh, you know. And I I think it's easy when you've been around wrestling for a long time to be jaded sometimes. But there there were moments in there where I got chills watching it like wow like that just and you watch it it gets a little differently when you're a performer because you're like oh my god i can't imagine what that feels like in that in that moment right there to to be able to elicit that sort of reaction and i think just so that was one of the best like organic things that has happened i think uh that i've ever seen in pro wrestling and one that sticks out to me from along the way there is there are a bunch of guys in the ring for some segment, I think, with Vince. and yeah, it's, they, like, it's in, like, Washington. It's in, I like, think it's Seattle. in Seattle, yeah. yeah. And the crowd's chanting for Daniel Bryan. It was the unifying when they were unifying the, the WWE and the World Heavyweight Championship. Okay, I got you. Yeah, the whole uh, John Cena, Randy Orton thing. And, yeah, I, at one point, Mark Henry, I think it was, just had to acknowledge and, like, raise his hand and stuff <laughs> like that. And uh, <laughs> that, that kind of was one of the cogs in the wheel that led to the whole thing at WrestleMania, which I guess would probably be the crowning achievement in terms of the magic moment him winning the championship first beating triple h in the opening match at wrestlemania 30 and then winning the championship in the main event and uh i mean we didn't know at the time but then the whole thing with uh connor there at uh ringside it it was yeah overall just uh magic magic indeed (laughs) you got nothing to say about daniel bryan i mean the whole what more can be said about like that whole build and run was not only was it magic, but it was very organic, and I think that's what made it that much more special. So, Brian Fury, when it comes to magic moments, you're the one that's uh, been most recently uh, a part of the magic down in Orlando, Florida. But Indeed. bring some magic back here to the wrestling podcast about nothing. Oh, I see that. Good, good job there, Michael. Thanks. Um, let's do this. Um, WrestleMania 24. 24. Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair. The end of Ric Flair's in-ring career. Never wrestled again. Or at least, at least uh, in his WWE-type era, in his, in his big-time era, yeah. The um, the impromptu, I'm sorry, I love you, uh, him covering him, him saying some stuff to him, like right after the cover, like that is a magical moment. Gives me goosebumps when I watch it. Still, Greatest send-off in pro wrestling history. Still gives me goosebumps when I watch it. That whole moment is fantastic. And I have on my list, just because I was trying not to do WrestleMania moments, Brian Fury, on my list is the next night, the whole retirement ceremony, which 
really they hadn't done up to then and they haven't done really since. Did Ric Flair uh, cry during that? He might have. There might have been a few <laughs> tears shed. <laughs> As there should have been in that moment. Yeah. Uh, they're just bringing all the former champions out, like the Harley Races of the World, and uh, Ricky Steamboat came out, and the uh, Horsemen all came out as well. It was a hell of a night, and just very memorable and magical, Brian Fury. Indeed. So I was trying to think of something on the WCW side of things, because I mean, we're from the North. We tend to be a little WWE I am from the North. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Texas man. Uh, so I'm going to pick something WCW. WCW? WCW. And come on. July 1998. Monday Night Raw from the Georgia Dome. Monday Night, Monday Raw? Night Raw from the Georgia Dome. <laughs> Monday Nitro from the Georgia Dome. Hulk Hogan defends the world championship, the WCW world championship against Goldberg and, of course, loses convincingly. Goldberg wins his first world championship in front of, however, 30,000, 40,000 people. Big night for Monday Nitro, big night for WCW, and just uh, magical. Hey, Mike, I you know I got to admit, when you started WCW and you were talking about big moments, I thought for sure you were going uh, for the four post-massacre of Jimmy King. So this is a bit of a shock to me. Oh, God damn. <laughs> I just watched some of that the other day, actually. It was on. It's so it on Disney Plus? I no. wish. <laughs> no, it was on television. I actually kept it on for some reason. Why? Because I'm a <laughs> glutton for punishment. So, yeah, I mean, that was uh, just as convincingly as he beat everybody else. He, Dude, that crowd yeah. was insane. Hanging from the roof. Insane. Uh, they are going apeshit. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention a hell of a diamond cutter from Carmelone in that match. <laughs> Carmelo is in that match. He does a well, diamond really cutter on the outside to, yeah. I'm pretty sure, Kurt Hennig. Wow. I'm like 99% sure it was to Kurt Hennig. Because this this happened like six days before a pay-per-view. Was Jay Leno there too? I don't believe he was there. Like no. Goldberg not on the pay-per-view like six days. He was, but it was like another or like. Maybe Hulk Hogan wasn't. It was like a regular match, but Hogan was in that match with like Malone and Rodman. And them, so it was like <laughs> that. The crowd, like, it's still, to this day, one of the greatest crowd reactions and exciting crowds that I've ever seen. When Goldberg hits that spear and comes up with that fire, places going crazy. Heenan, Heenan going nuts. All of them. It was awesome. Yeah. It was uh, fantastic. Do you have any WCW moments on your list, Brian Malonis? <laughs> I mean, that was... Uh, that was it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that was the only one I, I had on there. I mean... There's another one I can, I, 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 I mean, I can I think, think of. Hogan Hogan turning heel was, was, was pretty magical. Especially the <laughs> the end when they, they're just getting pelted with garbage. So it's it's crowd reaction, but on the complete opposite end of the, uh, of the spectrum, where the crowds had already sort of kind of not fully turned against Hulk Hogan, but maybe weren't as into him, but I, it was still very unexpected, and people didn't know how to react with Hulk Hogan turning heel. You don't think Heenan ruined it? Not in the slightest bit. If anything, it added continuity to the situation. He, I think that is just typical Heenan. He, he's literally hated Hulk Hogan their entire careers. Just don't say anything. This is, this is typical... 
miserable, angry, dirt sheet against the grain, Mike Crockett. So in that here, moment, that took you out of it, and you knew he was turning heel at that moment. This isn't. Well, I knew he was turning heel because I read the this sheets. This isn't twenty-five. Like this is all twenty-five year later revisionist history of like, oh, he ruined it or whatever. No, he, I thought that the time I saw it. Because I knew it was going to oh, happen. Oh, my God. Enough. Nobody. When he, came, nobody. when he walked out of the curtain, you didn't think he was going to turn on him? No. I, I, I will say I actually predicted. I was at my friend uh, my friend Jeremy's house for this bash at the beach. Friend of Faye. And he, 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 we, he disagreed with me. I said, I think Hulk Hogan is the third man. Uh, I did not know. Ordered this pay-per-view with some friends. It happened. The pay-per-view ended at like you know, 11 at night on a Sunday. My friend Al picked up my house phone, called his mom, woke her up just to tell her that Hulk Hogan turned bad. (laughs) (laughs) Ma! Ma! Hulk Hogan just turned bad! That's great, honey. (laughs) Yeah, she was like, all right. (laughs) It was a magical moment, to say the least. I guess it was call your mom worthy, right? I mean, I, I think so, yeah. So, Brian Fury, do you have any WCW moments, or do you want to go back to I'll, I'll, WWE? I'll, I'll throw a WCW moment out there. Again, it revolves around uh, Hulk Hogan. How about the first time that there was a really a chink in the uh, in the armor of the NWO when, when when Lex Luger defeated Hulk Hogan for the WCW slash NWO Heavyweight Championship on a Monday Nitro? We've been talking about this not that long ago. I don't know what episode it was but yeah it's kind of almost a forgotten moment but if you go back and look at it these i mean the crowd as raucous as probably the goldberg it was fantastic yeah it was one of those weird moments i mean it kind of got like like you said thrown under the cover and like it was like almost erased because they did something or other to put it back on hogan but yeah that was that was the first time really that the baby faces got over on the nwo and it was pretty freaking awesome yeah, it was huge at the time. I mean, Luger, for some reason, had this huge groundswell of support in WCW. Of course, he, you know, WWE, it kind of was a, a bust. But uh, down WCW, he just, uh, his popularity grew and grew, even though they didn't really do much with him until it all came to a head with the uh, match with, with uh, Hulk Hogan. He won the title, and like you said, it was... A short-term thing, and then they so, just kind of put a kibosh on it. Is Lex Luger the worst professional wrestler to have gone the farthest? <laughs> like, oh, I'm sure there's much worse, right? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know. I think he ranks pretty high up there. It comes Great Kali. Like, <laughs> Come on now. What? He did not Stop. reach the heights of Lex Luger. Well, he, well, he was a world champion. He held the belt upside down, but he's a world sure champion. <laughs> Stop uh. this and Great Kali. I love Great Kali. All right, let's go back to the WWE and uh, something on well, my why, list. Why? Are, the, are those the only two companies in the world? What, is this, you have something else? I do. Okay, then go with it. Something, uh, were you in the house for this? I believe you might have You might have been in the house for this. Hammerstein Ballroom. Yeah. New York City. The debut of the Hardy Boys in Ring of Honor. You were in the house for this, I was right? there. I was there. Tell me that that was not a magical moment. That, that was crazy. That completely, uh, completely uh, uh, what do you say? It, 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 it slipped your mind? Slipped my mind, yes. <laughs> this is like the height of like the Broken Hardy stuff. They just had left Impact. I think everybody was sort of expecting them to go to WWE at that point. Uh, and then Young Bucks in the ring, lights go out, and comes on the Hardy Boys in the ring, and the place just 
erupts. Now, yeah. it's a smaller building. It's a Hammerstein ballroom. We're not talking about you know a building that holds twenty thousand people, but still, to this friggin' <laughs> to this friggin' day, like one of the coolest things I've ever uh, been in attendance for. Um, and I was I was like right behind the where like the stages where the entrance is and just listening to the crowd and just unbelievable stuff yeah it was nuts and i remember this is before honor club put everything on uh live i think maybe it was on right they they leaked this right this is but no it wasn't it wasn't live at that point so honor club wasn't even a thing yet at that point but their whole plan was that they leaked it on not leaked it, but released it like right away. They released the video footage of them debuting on social media to create a buzz. I remember I ran down to ringside and started taking photos. And some of our most liked stuff on the WPAN <laughs> Twitter account is the stuff for the uh, the Hardy showed up in the Hammerstein Ballroom. Slightly less memorable was Bubba Ray Dudley debuting in Ring of Honor that <laughs> night. <laughs> <laughs> kind of put that in the back seat. I mean, bit. I mean, no offense, all due respect, but it did. Like that was, I mean, anything else that night pales in comparison to to that. And that was such a such an underrated cool moment. Like if you actually have Honor Club, it's uh, Manhattan Mayhem from 2017, I believe. Yeah, I believe Maybe. Manhattan Mayhem 2017. I believe it was like in February. Go back on Honor Club, watch that. Such a freaking <laughs> cool moment. Yeah, just uh, and they were the hottest act in wrestling at the mm-hmm. time too. Yep. So okay, uh, you want me to get away from WWE, WCW? I'm just saying, like you know, there's other stuff out there. I, I I'll give you another Ring of Honor moment that I was there for. This is final battles coming up, right? It's going to be uh, in a couple weeks yeah. in Baltimore this year. But this final battle, I believe, was in Philadelphia at the National Guard Armory. I went down with Todd Sinclair, with Mucko. And with John Walters. I think John Walters was appearing on the show. And the main event was Samoa Joe, who was the dominant ROH world champion, against Austin Aries. And Austin Aries finally unseated the long-reigning ROH world champion Samoa Joe in a fantastic match. I think the finish was a 450 splash. One, two, three, and Austin Aries finally unseated Samoa Joe, and the crowd went bananas because, you know, like I said, Samoa Joe had been the champion for so long in ROH, and he was, you know, the the big hulking guy who no one could get past, and for Austin Aries to finally do it was really big for the company, really big for ROH, really big for the fans in attendance, and uh, huge pop there, and that was a magic moment to me. I was there for it. You were there. I was there for a final battle that year, whichever year that was. <laughs> Don't have that one written down. <laughs> Brian Fury, magic moments. We're getting to our number one magic moments. Oh, geez. Because, uh, you know, we're getting down to it. Okay. So my number one one? Yes. Your number one magic moment. What is the most magic moment you can think of, Brian Fury, in pro wrestling history? I mean, it's hard. I mean, because there's so many different things and... It, you know, you're going to yell at me. I'm going to have to do another WrestleMania moment here. Oh, Jesus. You know, it, but it's it's tough. It's When you said this to me, literally the first words that came into my head was, boyhood dream has come true. <laughs> <laughs> um, WrestleMania 12, uh, the Iron Man match between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time. Shawn Michaels finally getting the nod to become the top guy uh, in the business and having his moment at the end of uh, WrestleMania in Anaheim, California. 
How'd you feel about that, Brian Malonis? Were you a you're more of a Bret Hart guy or you're more of a no, Shawn no, Michaels no. guy? Neither. You're I'm, a neither guy? I'm much more of a Bret Hart guy. That's right, you're uh, a Vader guy. Well, at that point, <laughs> I, I was I was very into uh, very into the Undertaker and and Diesel. Big Daddy, cool, huh? Yes, right there. They had a great match that night. Yeah, that was uh, something that has been built up for a long time, and him in the ring, and of course, yeah, the call from the iconic call from Vince McMahon. The boyhood dream has come true for Shawn Michaels. The awkward pause is there. Yeah. A, very, a very young uh, playboy Jimmy James was uh, po- posing like the uh, like the heartbreak kid himself uh, during this moment. Really? <laughs> Unbelievable. Brian Malonis, are you going to hit me with the WrestleMania moment as well for your I, I, I most am. magic moment? I of course am. You will. I am, but it's <laughs> one I don't. I don't know. I don't know that we've uh, covered in our WrestleMania moments. I sure hope uh, not, because we built up to WrestleMania moments. I believe last WrestleMania, right? I think so. Yes. So mine actually comes from last WrestleMania. Oh, all right. Uh, involves a good friend of ours, guy we've done battle with, me and Brian Fury. Wow. One of the coolest things I, I think, not just for us who know him but for many different reasons kofi kingston winning the wwe championship yes boy now, that is as that his that run and that victory is as magical as it gets and again all due respect to the women who main evented wrestlemania that freaking match should have re- main evented wrestlemania because the crowd reaction was unbelievable uh the reaction from the new day was unbelievable the reaction from kofi's kids was unbelievable uh just such a such a really cool moment something you never thought you'd you'd see in a million years so i mean if that doesn't define magic moment i don't i don't know what does and it's kind of like the sequel almost to the yes movement and it's kind of funny that the person that put kofi over to be in that position is daniel bryan who is now the uh, dastardly heel in the whole scenario yes yeah very very is that, is that irony would that be irony i think that would be irony right is that i was irony? gonna say apropos did you enjoy that moment brian fury loved it i loved it you know i didn't know kofi as well as you guys but i did know him well and you worked with them at least once yeah, right once uh once, ncw once at ncw and then once at the tryout here okay and um you know he was great guy and it was that moment was fantastic and he's one of those guys that's always stayed himself and humble cool dude and you know, i text him congratulations and he you know thanked and he was it was awesome and that was one of those things that where they caught lightning in a bottle and went with it, and you know the payoff is that much more magical when it does happen. Ah, I like that you went back to the magical. Yes. So uh, those are two uh, pretty big moments. Obviously, the WrestleMania moment. So I'm gonna go <laughs> just so angry about that. Completely. Uh, I'm gonna hit you with something. You that- got Starcade. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's my Super Brawl moment coming up here. No, this is something, I mean, it's not a match, it's a promo, and it's something you probably would never guess in a million years. Yerpel? <laughs> Yerpel the Clown? No. Um, it was June of 2013. I mean, obviously, there's plenty more out there, and you guys can let us know about your favorite magic moments in pro wrestling. But June of 2013, a gentleman stepped in the ring on Monday Night Raw in a salmon sports coat. And he said he was retiring. 
His name is Mark Henry. And this, to me, was pure magic because everyone in that building, everyone at home watching, was convinced he was retiring. Everyone watching, everyone taking part in this was convinced he was retiring. He was, he's crying openly, talking about he's going home to see his kids. And then John Cena oh. goes for the hug. Oh. He picks him up oh. in the world's strongest slam, slams him down. F you, he's not retiring. That, to me, was pure magic in a completely different way than you guys are talking about. No, I... And why are both you guys looking at me like that? Like what? I dig that moment. I thought it was great. I I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, it was... It was was (laughs) a good one. It was... It was legit. Everybody thought that Henry... Everyone was convinced. That Henry he was, was done. It was uh, his time. And, um, you know, he had that one last, like, big run on him there at the, at, at the end. But um, it was... I, I, I do remember that. It was it was very well done. It was awesome. Everyone bit on it. Which actually, for somehow, just reminded me of another magical moment that can wait, I guess. No, what's that? What is it? It's just something completely different. But you can go on about this one a little bit more if you like. No, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Th- this just popped into my head. Um, I was always thinking like match slash moment type of thing. So um, what about the night the Nexus debuted and mm. kind of destroyed the whole raw ring and set and everything? That was kind of one of those awesome, everybody talked about it, magical type of moments because it was unlike anything that we'd really ever seen before. Um, and really kind of changed the game for a little while there. I thought that, that was cool. Yeah, that was on our list. That was one of those, yeah, that was one of those moments where non-wrestling fans were like, hey, what's this that happened on Raw? <laughs> Daniel Bryan got fired because of it. <laughs> exactly, for choking out uh, Justin Roberts with a tie. But yeah, that was one of those moments where they're taking the ring ropes off, they're moving the canvas, they're just destroying everything. And no one really knew why or what was going on. These guys that were just on the NXT season, the original NXT, which was the, the you know basically the game show, the reality show. So uh, these guys just showing up on Raw and just destroying things, and then and they went off the air kind of with no commentary, and it just got everyone talking. And not a lot of things in wrestling get everyone talking even outside of the wrestling business like regular joe's walking down the street talking about pro wrestling but this is one of the things that did that hey maybe i can get a current co-worker of mine who was part of that moment pj black justin gabriel maybe we get him on sometime to talk about it that's why great, not that's a great moment it was it was fantastic and uh brian and brian thank you for giving us your magic moments of course and I want you guys out there listening to give us your magic moments. Why is moments. the cadence of you speaking right now so bizarre? It is so weird. Are you a robot? Talk oh. like a normal human being. Because I'm looking at my phone. The most magic moment, truly, though, is when you turn on to Main Street USA and you <laughs> have those scents in your in your nose and your eyes are set on the castle you know, you know way like, in the back. You know, you know what it's supposed oh to like God. replicate, right? Brian Fury? I, I I believe I remember. I don't know. Like exactly. when you come around the circle and it opens up to you, it's supposed to be like a, like a curtain opening, like a, like in a theater. So the castle, like the curtain, opens to the castle. Oh, it's so awesome! All right, it gives me chills just, street, just thinking street, about it. The street it. gets wider as you go down it. That's so awesome! Everything about it is just so awesome. <laughs> All right, tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your thoughts on this week's episode. 
on wrestling, not on Disney World, and use the hashtag WPAN. Or Disney World if you really wanted to. Go for it. Or you can call the voicemail line. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. And we do have a voicemail. Hey, all right. So let's take a listen to that voicemail right now. Hello, hello. This is uh, Todd Sinclair, a friend of the show. Uh, I just wanted to call in um, and talk about last week's episode uh, real quick. You guys talked about Twitter stuff, and Brian made a lot of good points on putting business out there like that should be behind closed doors uh, on Twitter and, and out in the public eye. Uh, and that, you know, I, I think that meant a lot. Uh, it was a really good point, and I liked it a lot. So I just wanted to bring that up and say thank you. Uh, so that's it. And, uh, oh, P.S., uh, Brian, uh, good luck with your uh, contract coming up at the end of the year and your negotiations coming up that you've mentioned for like the last four or five weeks on the podcast. I uh, just want to say good luck to that. So, uh, <laughs> take care. Bye. I don't know, really understand you, what he's you saying. You got me there. in trouble. You're <laughs> you got me in trouble. You're the one that brings it up, and then we brought it up again this week. Now I'm really going to be in trouble. In Todd's office, he is. You got me in trouble. And maybe he's kayfabe office like you were all this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite possible. Thanks, Mike. Thanks a lot, you rotten, miserable dink. Because <laughs> because Mike Crockett is a has been. He wants to make Brian Malonis and never was. Well, it's too late for that, isn't it, Brian Malonis? <laughs> I ran into Todd Sinclair like two days before I left for Disney. Really? What's he I w- doing? I was walking out of Suntan City, and he was walking into Market Basket, and then he yelled at me for going tanning. <laughs> Suntan City, huh? Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to say, he's walking into Suntan City? No, no, no. Okay. They're right next to each other. Huh. Come on, Crockett. It's quite a thing there. Yeah, it was, it was nice seeing him, though. It's good. It was a little chilly out. He was wearing shorts. <laughs> Of course. Uh, speaking of last week's episode, we talked about toxic Twitter and the recent controversies, uh, you know, started or accelerated on social media, Saudi Arabia, Joey Mercury, and of course, Jordan Miles, who just posted something else on Twitter. <laughs> yes, that was, yes, he did. Oh, that That's a little shocking. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Um, Brian Fury, what are your thoughts on... Twitter or social media and how it influences what's going on in wrestling. Social media is a miserable place. <laughs> uh, bottom line, like if I didn't have to have certain ones for like for the businesses and to help promote things, I, I wouldn't be on there. Like I find myself hopping on and scrolling a little bit and literally like 95% negativity or things along those lines and very few like positive things or I think what social media was originally like meant for, um, it's just, it's toxic, hundred percent toxic. And then for people to air their dirty laundry and stuff on there, I think they do it because it's easy. Uh, it's the, like the now version of like getting on their soapbox and being able to put out whatever they want and go along what you said, like people having options to go other places. Maybe that helps, but at the same time, I think with the society that we live in today, that's what they would do even if there was no place else to go. I think they would just go on their little soapbox and say what they had to say and you know leave it at that. Well, you were talking about Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. I'm Dis- guessing... Yeah, Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. Yeah, I'm guessing that as soon as you walk in the doors that the Twitter app kind of disappears off your phone. I don't really... I, I don't, <laughs> I'm rarely on my phone at all. A couple little breaks here and there we'll uh, hop on, but for the most part, I'm just enjoying the sights, sounds, and smells of Disney World while I'm there, yes. Smells? Yes. Yeah. The smells. Yeah, the smells of Disney World. When you walk in Main Street, they have scents and whatnot as well, as well as in, inside some of the, the corn, stores. Corn, fresh popcorn. Uh, mm. Bakery, <laughs> some baked goods. 
I'm probably eating some. I'm probably snacking on something right now as somebody's listening to this podcast. Little, probably little, some delicious Mi- popcorn. Mickey ice cream bar or churro, maybe. What about the uh, WWF ice cream bars? Those were good, right? Oh, let's bring them back. And you know the guy that really wanted them to bring them back? <laughs> yes. CM Punk, who made an appearance on WWE Backstage, the show on v- on VH1, on FS1. What are your thoughts? This is the ultimate, by the way, like, let's talk about the miserable wrestling Twitterverse. <laughs> For uh, how long has CM Punk been gone from WWE now? I guess it's been like six years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, okay, okay. So for six fucking years, the crowds have chanted... CM Punk, CM Punk, and the guy finally returns to WWE. Slightly different capacity. He's a sellout. What a bum. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe he went back there. Just like, oh my God. Like, oh, so he, literally what you've been asking for for six fucking years happens, and yet still miserable. If you would have told me at the beginning of the year that he would have returned to any capacity to WWE, I would have been like, what? Especially after AEW was announced. It's like, if any's going anywhere. Like, come on. Bret Hart has come back. The Ultimate Warrior has come back. Hulk Hogan has come back like 17 times. Everybody goes back. But he's under contract to Fox, not to WWE, Brian Malonis. It's never going to happen. Okay. <laughs> you would think that he'd like have to go to WrestleMania and probably be backstage with guys in WWE. He's not going to stay out in LA, right? I don't know. You don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know CM Punk, but probably people say you're a sellout or this or that. Like, I don't know who are you to judge like how this dude like tries to make money. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it, I guess everybody assumed he was just going to go to AEW to go wrestle and this and that. Maybe he doesn't maybe he truly just doesn't want to wrestle anymore. Anybody ever just think of that? And he said at uh, the last Starcast that he they really had to back the truck up for him to come back and I think they did because that show backstage uh, like when it first debuted there was like 500,000 viewers and the last episode was 50,000 viewers. So I think they panicked and they probably came back to CM Punk because he was rumored to be a part of it from the start. He auditioned for it and then they debuted without him. And I think after they had that miserable rating, I think they came back and said, we need something that's going to generate buzz and get people to watch this show. So they came back to CM Punk and probably like gave him a hell of an offer to bring him on board. Possibly. I mean, it's just one of those things like... He's been doing you know analyst stuff for UFC for a little bit. Like it's kind of like in his wheelhouse right now. He's always been a good talker. Uh, wouldn't be a, you know out of the realm of possibilities of him to go talk about wrestling somewhere. His opportunity to do it for WWE, but technically, kind of, sort of, not for WWE. Like I think we've seen the last Sam Punk match, but I think at some point in time, this might open the door for him to appear on WWE television again at some point in time yeah i mean i think people just need to you know as far as like him wrestling uh, to me if he doesn't wrestle again there's actually something pretty cool about that he's he's a guy who accomplished a lot walked away while he was still young enough healthy enough to live a, a life and do whatever the hell he wanted and somebody who's obviously seems pretty content with what they've been able to accomplish like i think there's something to be said for that in a business where guys hold on well past primes to just make a payday here and there what about when that Saudi Arabia money comes in? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> For you, Mike? <laughs> I'm there. I'm there already. In my mind. <laughs> and you might still oh be there. 
<laughs> well, uh, check out Booking the Territory. If it was, if it was WPAN that flew you over there, you'd definitely still be there because we wouldn't be able to afford to get you back. <laughs> <laughs> or we'd just be like, keep them, please. <laughs> oh, come on now. Well, guys that can afford things because they have a nice uh, Patreon that's doing very well. Booking the Territory with Mike Mills, Harper Harper, and Doc Turner. It's a podcast, an unprofessional wrestling podcast where they talk about uh, a lot of stuff from south of the, not south of the border, but south of the Mason-Dixon line with uh, WCW, World Championship Wrestling, the old Saturday Night 605 show, Smoky Mountain Wrestling as well, Booking the Territory is the name of the podcast, MikeMills.Podbean.com is the website for more on that great show, and our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Lil Joe Murata and Michael Quinn, they are talking about more the northern flavor of the old school professional wrestling, OVPPodcast.com is their website, and Greetings from Allentown! That's another podcast you should be checking out weekly with Peter Winston, PW, and he takes one episode of wrestling television and breaks it down and breaks it down and breaks it down till it can't be broke down no more. PW hosts Greetings from Allentown. Make sure to subscribe to that show. And the Rundown Wrestling Network. So many shows there. RundownWrestling.com. They're reviewing each and every show of wrestling for the week. Plus, they review the Bella's podcast in a show called Twat Magic. Mm. <laughs> actually, actually, I think I got invited on that show, but I was unable to uh, to do it because I had a family commitment. And you were unable to get through an episode of the Bellows Podcast, is that what you're saying? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, moving on. It is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, you are hitting the highways, byways, and airways, Brian Malonis. Crisscrossing the screen, Ace Tavares, plying your trade as a professional wrestler, and you have a few dates before 2020 comes around. I do, buddy. I do. So, uh, yeah, really just three. Three left on the calendar. Or actually, excuse me, four left on the calendar oh. for the year. Uh, the first one is Friday night, December the 13th, Baltimore, Maryland, final battle. Not sure what we're doing yet, but uh, the bouncers will be in the house at final battle. Uh, it's the biggest pay-per-view of the year for Ring of Honor, uh, so maybe we'll be doing something magical, Mike. Ooh. How about that? That would be nice. <laughs> the very next night uh, uh, in Joppa, Maryland, the bouncers will be heading to Maryland Championship Wrestling for Future of Honor. Are you kidding me? Yes, a special uh, special appearance by the bouncers at Future of Honor. So come out and meet us in Joppa. Find uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling and Future of Honor uh, all over Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I believe it's at Future of Honor. You can get all your full card information. I believe uh, I believe the World Television Champion Shane Taylor will also be appearing uh, at this great event as well. So, so you're gonna beat uh, up a couple cool. young boys? Maybe, yeah, maybe. Why not? Uh, Ring of Honor in the Baltimore area. So uh, for the weekend. So yeah, I'm. Sure, I'm sure who knows. You, you never know who else might show up that night at Future of Honor, too, with everybody in town. There you go. So, And then, Mike, on Sunday, December the 15th, heading to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the 2300 Arena for final battle fallout. The bouncers will once again be in the house. I don't have specifics because I don't know what we're doing yet, but we'll be there. Ready to fight somebody? Ready to drink some beer? You can come drink some beer in Philly? Any barbed wire bats? <laughs> no. No? Okay. And then, and then, Mike, I round out the year. December the 28th, Saturday night, Melrose, Massachusetts, a company that Brian Fury knows very well, the Millennium Wrestling Federation, makes its big return to Melrose, and uh, the Kingpin Brawler Executioner will be in the house, and apparently <laughs> I learned that I'm part of Club Cam. 
Oh, okay. So there you go. You know, I, I'll VIP, need I'll need a cover VIP. for my drink, <laughs> like a literal <laughs> cover for my drink. <laughs> and uh, you know, Cam is a interesting fella. He sure is. But, uh, he was on Truth, Justice, and the New England Crossing <laughs> Way the podcast last week, right? Can I can I finish yeah. my uh, can I finish my plug here? I was just throwing something quick. <laughs> Go ahead. BostonWrestling.com for full ticket and card information. That was it. That's it for the year. Yeah, there's not okay. much time left in the year, Mike. Get a preview for 2020 yet, or it's all just up in the air. I mean, I, I mean, I, I can, I can tell you, I got, I got some things in 2020. You want to know what's going on in 2020, Mike? Yeah, Crockett, you've been doing your Navidad shopping. <laughs> Navidad, <laughs> not yet, no, not yet. What do you mean, not yet? <laughs> not yet. It's like you want to come up to you want to come up to Brewer so? Maine with me on January 4th. Brewer Maine, yeah, Brewer Maine for for IWE. Get You're some, kidding me? Get some Moxie. Wow, I haven't been that far up in Maine in a long, long time. Good gravy. So, uh, and then Ring of Honor heads back to uh, Atlanta on January 11th. And you may or may not be there. I'll be there. And January the 12th. Oh, uh, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> North Carolina. <laughs> or will I know? No, you're going to get me in trouble again. You already got me in trouble with Todd Sinclair. He's calling up. He's, you know, I make great points, but then, you know, he makes his point about, like, you know, doing your business behind closed doors. And I wasn't doing my business publicly, so Todd, suck it. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, well, I wasn't doing it. I wasn't doing that. Mike Crockett's the one that continually mentioned it, and he gets pissed off if I shy away from things. All right, Brian Malonis. Let's Sorry, all calm little, down. I got a little fired up. You did. Tiger got out of its cage. If you want to book the brawler, I mean, he may or may not have openings. Stop. Email Brian Malonis at Comcast.net or DM him on Twitter at Brian Malonis. Brian Fury. Hey, what's going on in chaotic wrestling? November 22nd, breaking point comes to Andover, Massachusetts. That's my, that's my birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, comes to Andover, Massachusetts with the big main event triple threat match. Anthony Green versus Christian Casanova versus Mike Verner for the Chaotic Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. D.L. Hurst defends the New England Championship against Kristen Statlander. Oh. The alien. Uh, Maine State Posse versus C.J. Cruz and Ricky Archer in a tables match. Many, many, many more matches. The Platinum Honeys explode. Whoa. Finally having their match. Uh, a couple other ones as well. You do not want to miss Breaking Point 2019. Maybe, I'll be, maybe, maybe I'll be back in Chaotic Wrestling in 2019 or 2020. Jesus, holy smokes! Maybe, maybe if you're as nice to Brian Fury as I am. <laughs> well, Mike, <laughs> not I have, that nice, I, Mike, Mike. I have a little thing called talent, so I, I don't need to be nice to people to get booked. Oh, that's... I put uh, butts and seats. <laughs> do you? Is that it for the year, Brian? Dece- Malone, December, Brian Fury? December 13th. We return to Hudson, Massachusetts. Who? Hudson? Really? Wow. Yes, December 13th, Catholic Wrestling returns to Hudson, outdoor Massachusetts. Outdoor show? No. <laughs> no, not the outdoor show, the indoor, yes. So that will do it for 2019 for Catholic Wrestling. All right. Well, this week's promo about nothing comes from the year 1999. And yes, I want more WCW on the show. So we're going to do a promo from WCW. And this one is 1999 WCW to a T as Mean Gene Oakland is standing by with Vampiro and the Insane Clown Posse. Nice. (laughs) It's your promo about nothing.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, WCW Monday Nitro is coming to town. On your screen right now, you can see where you can get your tickets in advance. Get them in advance because all of the superstars are going to be here when Nitro comes to town, Vampiro. All of prima donna. All of the prima donna. Well, I don't know about that. That's, uh, I guess, uh, your spin on all of this. Joined by the insane clown posse, and they're going to be coming to town, too, for Nitro. Thank God. Listen, we are the insane clown posse. We might rap. We might rock and roll. We might wrestle. I might take my shirt off, put on my spandex briefs, and dance with the Nitro girls. You never know when you're dealing with Vampiro on the ICP. And listen, let me tell you something about Nitro. Everybody that comes to Nitro, you can expect one thing. And that is my clowny foot upside somebody's ugly face. Because I didn't come here to do nothing but achieve my dream of stepping into the ring with WCW and letting it all out. Hey, what are you looking at? You were looking at something. I'm sorry. That, yeah, I don't know what, what's going on, Vampiro? I don't know. Something about burning a hole in something. Now, Jimmy and Gene Spicy. I don't know what that. What, what, you had something on your mind, obviously. Go ahead. You can you can vent any frustrations you have about the business. No here. clue what his name is. Vamp, I was, language, the language isn't good for the t- for TV. You rated. It's it's it, G rated. His language isn't good. Let yeah. me speak for him in telling you this. He just got let out. He gets out on the day pass on Sunday. We've got to bring him back. We didn't have to discuss that. We've got cases pending. I'm sorry. All I'm telling you is this. When Nitro comes to town with WCW, you can expect the Deadpool to be in the house. Because we like things one way. And that's the wicked way. Yeah. Thank you very much, Vampiro, Violent uh, J, also the Shaggy Dog, and Nitro. All in town here at one time on one night. <laughs> yes, Brian, <laughs> Brian Malonis. He does not know Shaggy Two Dope's name, <laughs> the Shaggy Dog. <laughs> Thank goodness for Violet J carrying that promo as best as he could. Hey, I don't know. Yeah, he, he had his uh, Vampiro had his indoor voice on. Barely understand what the hell he was saying. He's talking so low. Oh my goodness! It's just a couple of random things that didn't mean anything. Yeah, you get a day pass and burn the hole and and. Thank God. <laughs> ICP, ICP have the most improbable like run in pro wrestling history. They were they wrestled for the big three, right? Yeah. Yes, out of all of them in prime spots. Amazing. <laughs> they sang one of the most infectious theme songs of all time. I love it. To it this will day. get stuck in your head once for you days. In, uh, once you put in a little clip in uh, right here, Mike. <laughs> there you go. It's fantastic. Oh, man. It's something else. Tarzan's brother, Marcus, legit had that song stuck in his head for two months. Every <laughs> show that I started, almost every weekend, he was like still singing it to me. <laughs> it's just randomly. What do you think of Luna Vachon, Brian Fury? I'm a, big, I'm a fan. Oh, me too. Yeah. Me too. I'm a fan. Where'd that come from? 
Because she was in the she oddities. Was part of the oddities. Oh, okay. Princess Luna, wasn't she like at that point? She was dressing up in gowns for some reason. I would have loved her to be my main squeeze. Ah, all right. Tick. You call her Tick? <laughs> sure. Okay. I didn't know that. I didn't at that point, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the insane cl- like you could. T- I don't mean Gene didn't call him his longtime close personal friend <laughs> <laughs> because even he couldn't fake that. Um, because uh, this this is obvious that they have no idea what's happening in one day. Well, it's probably taped long before uh, you know the airing the day before Nitro, but it's probably taped long before that. But they had no idea what was going to happen on Nitro. I, I would guess the ICP probably wasn't even there. Just the way that WCW was in 1999 at that time. Uh, who knows what was going on, but w- <laughs> these are the wrong people to sell you on tickets for WCW Monday Nitro in uh, Uniondale on Long Island. There's yeah. a lot of juggalos there. Man. You, don't, you don't know the juggalo, juggalo population is in Uniondale, do you? I supp- No, I got to check the census. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but ICP, uh, yeah. Okay, that's gonna that's gonna put butts in seats, right, Brian Malonis? <laughs> I mean, maybe not wrestling seats. <laughs> they sell out a giant convention all the time. Yeah, every year, multiple days. All right, you gonna defend this? Look, you're gonna, d- gonna be down with the clown, man. They've had a hell of a hell, hell of like a career in entertainment. There's a couple really good CDs that they put out back in the day that were good in that little time span. They have like 30 CDs or something like that. Three of them, you know, I enjoy. All right, let's before we have to go full Vern Vicalo on this show. Hey now. Let's get out of here. You heard this promo, but now if you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. Brian Fury, lovely to have you back here on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's good, good to be home. And, not, not really, but really. Oh, come on now. We'll be back here next Monday for episode 187 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Till then, he's Brian Malonis. He's Brian Fury. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko. And thanks for nothing. Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz 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 Bobby Cruz